Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to our Thursday night Parashat HaShavua class. I hope you've had a wonderful week as we wind down another week in Sefer Devarim. This week we are studying Parashat Re'e. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to Am Yisrael, Behold, today I am giving to you a blessing and a curse. And uh, this sentence, this statement has has many ramifications in our religion, in the way we live our life. We tend to think of blessing and curse as two extreme opposites, and indeed they are. But uh, we think of curses as the worst, worst of the worst. And um, maybe that's just not always the case as it being the worst. But in essence, what we could be saying is that what our lives, how, how we represent our lives in terms of the actions that we do, the mitzvot that we perform, the charity, um, the good deeds, the kindness, can be either one of blessing or one of, God forbid, curse. And usually what happens is when a person performs a mitzvot and he does things that HaKadosh expects him to do, then he, he witnesses and he, can, he, and he declares his life as one of blessing. But if, God forbid, a person is... Uh, is doesn't do so, and he, the Torah is not followed, and the mitzvot are not performed, then in essence, he looks at his life after many, many years, and he says, what have I gained in my life? What is the what is the purpose of what I have done? What did I accomplish? What did I achieve after so many years? There's something lacking, or something missing, and he feels like his life is a curse. He doesn't feel that he is cursed. He's not cursing anyone, but looking back, he says, this was certainly not a blessing. Um, and this this has to do with all types, all parts of our life, uh, all different types of mitzvot, mitzvot of tefillin, mitzvot of, of, of tefillah, of kiriyat shema, of bikur cholim, a person that spends his life traveling and, and visiting the sick. He feels good about himself. His life becomes a blessing. Lokol sheken, if a person performs other mitzvot that involve blessing, Today we're going to speak about one of the mitzvot that is found in this week's perasha, the mitzvah of tzedakah, the mitzvah of charity. There are many, many parts to charity. There are many different aspects to it. The Torah, the Torah uh, it begins by telling us the importance of, or, or the mitzvah of actual giving loans. The Torah tells us, Naton titen lo velo lo. If a person, a pauper, comes to you and needs money, and you wish, and he's asking you to lend him money, don't feel upset when you give him the loan. The Torah tells us, because of this thing, God will bless you. He will bless you in everything you do and wherever you put your hand. The Sefer Achinuch on this mitzvah writes that the purpose for the mitzvah of lending money is to establish in our hearts the attribute of generosity, to distance ourselves as far as possible from stinginess. Anyone who is familiar with the Torah and comprehends the, its beautiful ways of the mitzvot will know that when one is generous with his money, he will gain more. And if a person, God forbid, is stingy and refrains from giving, he will lose. Because Hashem judges people according to their deeds. When you're tight with money, what that ha- what happens as a result is you is essentially erecting this 
iron wall that now separates you from the beracha that God wants to give you. And generosity is in of itself a blessing. And therefore, a person who acts with kindness, a person who is charitable, receives God's blessing. The Chinuch is teaching us from this statement that God is commanding us to give loans and to do other acts of loving kindness because generosity will bring us many brachot. The Pasuk tells us in this week's Perashah, Ki lo yechdal evyon mi There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore I command you, Open your hand to your brother, To the poor and the paupers of your country, so on and so forth. The Ketav Sofer on this Pasuk translates it homiletically, and he says, Literally means there will always be poor people in your land. And the Ketav Sofer writes, Hashem will always help the poor. You have to understand that. The message here is God will not leave the poor alone to tend for themselves. He will assist them. If we don't support them, God will. So why does Hashem obligate us to give tzedakah? The answer is, I'm commanding you, I'm commanding you to open your hand so that you can attain the brachot that are involved with the charitable act. The Mateh Ephraim was a very wealthy uh, uh, individual uh, and tzaddik, and he owned, uh, he owned a bank. Once, a poor person came into the bank and asked him for a large loan. He needed the, lo- the loan. So the Mateh Ephraim, who owned the bank, gave him his form to fill out and told him, listen, no problem, but you need to find some co-signers. You need to find Aravim, those are co-signers, for the debt, just in case you can't pay. I need to know that other people can fulfill the debt. So the poor person went around searching from place to place, house to house. He couldn't find an Arev. You know, the reason why is because people know that the poor guy is probably not going to be able to pay the debt and they don't want to be the middleman. They don't want to be the co-signers to this loan. So he gave the contract. Arev, the poor person had nothing to write. But on the line that said co-signer, the poor person wrote the pasuk, Liya kesef veliya zahab neum Hashem sevaot. I have silver, I have gold, says Hashem. Implying that Hashem is going to be the arev for his loan. The Mateh Ephraim, who owned the bank, he had Rachmanut on, this, uh, on him and agreed to lend him the money. A half year later, the Mateh Ephraim, who owned the bank, he wasn't feeling well. And uh, he asked his wife to go to the bank to take care of uh, the bank for the day. He, was, he stayed at home. And that night when she came home, they were discussing what happened in the bank. What happened? So, <laughs> they're discussing what, what happened in the bank that, uh, that day. So she told him, listen, a guy came and, was, uh, and came and asked for a lot of money. And I lent him money. Um, not the first poor person, a different person. So the Mateh Ephraim asked, because I don't get it, we didn't have that money in the bank. How did you have the money to lend him? I thought there was no money to give. So she replied, someone came early in the day and and paid up a debt. Paid the debt. So uh, he checked uh, he checked his records and saw that on that day, the poor man's debt was due. 
And he and and the Mateh Ephraim went and asked his wife. He said, "Did the poor person himself come, or did somebody else come to pay the debt?" So she told him, "It wasn't the poor person. Somebody else came to pay the debt for the poor person." And, and remember, this poor person had no co-signers. So Mateh Ephraim understood that this person who came to pay the debt was Eliyahu Navi, and paying up for Hashem's arevut because Akados Baruch Hu was the co-signer of this loan. Now, the Mateh Ephraim was upset. He said, I missed the opportunity to greet and meet Eliyahu Navi. And he checked, he did the Cheshbon Nefesh, and he said, what did I possibly do? What did I do that, that, I could, that I did wrong that I didn't get to meet Eliyahu Navi? If I had the opportunity, remember, he should have been there. What are the chances that he was sick that day and he didn't meet the Arev of God? So when he realized, he thought about it and he realized, you know why? Now I understand why I wasn't Zochet to meet Eliyahu Navi. Because I asked the poor person to go find co-signers. It was very stressful for the pauper to run from person to person, house to house, seeking an Arev, seeking a co-signer. Because he caused the pauper this distress, he didn't merit to see Eliyahu Navi. Chafetz Chaim wrote his Sefer of Ahavat Chesed to teach us the importance and the details of the mitzvah of giving free loans. Now, Chafetz Chaim writes, now that we're living in a time where the midat gevurah, the hardships and suffering, are reigning in the world, the only solution, writes the Chafetz Chaim, to be saved from these troubles is the deeds of chesed, is loving kindness. And that is what's going to arouse God's midah of chesed. When the, when the Jews lived in Mitzrayim, they got together, Tanad Veliyahu writes, and they made a pact in agreement that they would do gemilut chasadim with each other in Mitzrayim while under slavery. What is the significance of this pact? Because when they saw that, that they had no way of escaping Paro's decree and the labor of Mitzrayim was getting worse and worse every day, Avodakasha, they, they gathered together, they had a board meeting, the leaders, and they needed some advice. What could they do? So they made a pact that would do chesed with one another. That's what was their pact. And that would arouse HaKadosh Baruch Hu's chesed from above and automatically end the decrees from Paro. And that's why we say in Az Yashir Moshe every day, commemorating Keriat uh, Yamsuf and Geulat Mitzrayim, we say in Az Yashir Moshe, Nachita bechastecha amzu ga'alta. You led them out of Mitzrayim bechastecha. With your kindness. The Chachamim explain, Nachita Bechasecha refers to the Gemilut Chasadim of Am Israel. Because they had Gemilut Chasadim amongst one another, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Chesed was aroused in Shamaim and, and, and took them out of Egypt. Zacharti Lach Chesed Neuraich Avat Kelulotaich, says Yirmiyahu in the first chapter of his Sefer. I remember the Chesed of your youth in reference to that of, of Mitzrayim. When a person gives a loan uh, and does kindness to his fellow man, Hashem will in turn return, treat that individual with kindness. And of course, the same goes with tzedakah. When one is kind to the poor person, the giver owns, earns the better part of the transaction. Because Hashem gave him the opportunity, gave him a lot of chesed in return. Achachamim tell us in the Midrash, Yoter mima shebaal abayit oseh im haani, haani oseh im baal abayit. Remember this statement, everybody. 
more than what the Baal Abayit does for the poor, the poor is doing for the Baal Abayit. Meaning we think that when we give to the God to the poor person, we're doing a favor for the poor guy. That he needs us. We need him. The person giving the money is the person who is benefiting more. Ruth told Naomi, of course, a more famous example. Ruth told Naomi after she came back from Boaz's field the first time, Shem Haish Asher Asiti Hayom Boaz, the name of the person who I helped today. Ruth didn't help Boaz. Boaz helped Ruth. Boaz was the one who gave her the grain to take back to, to Naomi. So what is, what is Ruth saying here? Asher Asiti that I did for him. Because the poor people help the wealthy more than the wealthy help the poor. Reb Zusha, the famous um, uh, brother of Reb Elimelech of Lezhinsk, would say, the wise take and the fools give. The explanation is that the wise know that when they give tzedakah, they are actually taking, they are actually earning something. The fools think that they're giving and losing, and that's why they don't do it. They don't realize how much they earn from tzedakah. That's why it says, Ve'chuli teruma, very famous, Divrei Torah, Ve'chuli teruma, and you shall take teruma. It really should say, Ve'itnuli, give teruma. But take, because whoever donates, takes and earns uh, the most. The Gemara often exchanges sharp um, sharp conversations between the illustrious Jewish Chacham, Rabbi, Rabbi Udana Si, and the Roman governor, um, Turnus Rufus. And on one occasion, Turnus Rufus asked him, why should you give charity to the poor people? If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give charity to the poor, then why didn't he provide for him? It would make more sense. Just let God provide for the guy and that's it. Why we have to? Why are you providing him with charity? So Rabbi Akiva, sorry, it was Rabbi Akiva who was a rabbi. Rabbi Akiva responded to Turnus Rufus and he said, because Helping the poor actually elevates us. It elevates our soul. And that is the rationale. That is the idea for the fact that, like we said, we quoted the Pasuk, that, that there is unceasing existence of poverty. It will always happen. Because the poor people actually play an important role in society for the Jewish people. They must endure the challenge of poverty to fulfill it. And for the rest of us, poverty challenges us to use our wealth and our prosperity for the good, for the good of others. So therefore, when a poor person uh, comes to our doorstep, no matter the consequences, no matter the circumstances, no matter what it's going to mean to you and your wallet and your bank account, we must help them. We must recall that there's always going to be poor people on earth. They're not here um, because of their own privation, but they're here because they want the opportunity to, they want to give us the opportunity to merit from the mitzvah, to help us grow spiritually through that act of kindness. There was once a story of a great chacham who was walking alongside a river, and in the distance he saw a poor man begging uh, some passerbys for, uh, for pennies and dollars. And the poor man approached a very wealthy man, whom the chacham knew well, and the chacham was watching this from a distance. And the wealthy man reached into his pocket and took out a uh, large wad of bills and handed it to the poor man. The poor man thanked him profusely, hurried off with a huge smile on his face. 
And the wealthy man continued on his way and he saw the great Chacham walking towards him. Good morning, good morning, how are you? Very good. The Chacham tells the wealthy man, listen, I just saw what you did. Very commendable, amazing act of chesed. But tell me, did you remember to thank the poor person? The wealthy man didn't understand what this rabbi was coming from. Surely the rabbi meant, uh, did he thank me? And uh, the rabbi says, no, 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 no. I meant exactly what I said. The Chacham said, you have much more to be thankful than he does. You know, that poor person had to swallow his pride to ask you for money. Think it was easy? Before you know it, all that money that you gave him will be gone. And he'll be back to begging in the street. At least he'll manage to fill some of his people in his home, his family for a few days. And that's a good thing. But you, my friend, you have gotten yourself a wonderful deal here. You have justified your wealth. You have shown yourself to be a very fine individual and the merit of your good deed will last forever. Who got the better deal? You or the poor person? Who should thank whom? You know, in our own lives, we are often approached by organizations, individuals seeking our assistance in variable charitable endeavors. And when these opportunities present themselves, it's for us to remember that they've been sent to us as challenges and that we are be, being given a chance to attain spiritual growth. This is the purpose of it. We're being tested. We're the ones benefiting the most. And never, God forbid, to shun those opportunities, shut the door on, on a poor person. Find anything you have the opportunity to give. Open, surely you shall open. It's a double lashon. And give whatever, whatever you can. It states... Hashem Tzilecha, that God is your shadow. We say in Tehilim, Chachamim explained this to me, that just as a shadow mimics the movement of man, similarly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem is your shadow, Hashem Kviyachol mimics the, the movement or the behavior of the Jew. And therefore, if you do kind deeds to others, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do kind acts to you. The Holy Sfarim advise us that if someone is going through a hard time, he should do kindness, he should do chesed with other people. And again, that will arouse the chesed of God and he can be helped from his problem. You know, when Yosef HaTzadik helped the Sarah Mashkim, the butler, it aroused the compassion of God. He purposely acted with compassion with others so that God would act kindly and compassionate with him. Mordechai and Esther, in the story of Purim, would do kindness with one another, and therefore Hashem did kindness with them and their entire nation. Hashem tzilecha, Hashem is your shadow, and just as you act, that's how Hashem treats you. One morning, in the in the in the in the yeshiva after shachrit, someone approached a wealthy man and said, "My daughter's wedding is next week, and I don't have any money." For the hall, I don't have any money for the caterer, the musicians. Please, please, can you lend me $10,000? So now the wealthy man actually had $10,000 of cash in his home. He actually was saving it for his son's upcoming wedding. And he kept the money in an old jacket hidden somewhere in his basement. And he was debating, he wasn't sure if he wanted to lend the money or not. So he said, I don't know, maybe I'll check it out, call me later. The normal things we say to uh, 
to people who ask us for money, unfortunately. And as the man was well was driving home, the wealthy man was driving home, he placed himself in this poor man's shoes. And he felt sorry. Here we are, the guy is a week before his daughter's wedding. He's got no money. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to be Moser Nefesh to help him. And he went down to the basement to get the money. But the jacket wasn't there. Jacket was missing where he had the, the cash. And he started shaking. He didn't know what was. He started shaking, sweating. His wife sees him. What's going on, honey? What's what's happening? You're shaking. You're sweating. Because the jacket. There was a jacket here hanging up. You know, and 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 uh, you know, the, well, where's the jacket? Because wow, what's what do you need the jacket? Well, the jacket. I need. There was something that was so important. So she told him because I threw out the jacket yesterday. The jacket was old. It was in the corner. It wasn't being used. It was all full of dust. I threw it out. She she had no idea that there was money in it. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, the garbage wasn't taken away yet. It wasn't Thursday or wherever you live that the garbage gets picked up. And the garbage wasn't taken away and he was able to find his jacket with the money. Now, unbelievable. Look at the Siata Dishmaya here. He realized, he came to the conclusion, by coming to the decision to help this Jew for his daughter's wedding, he had helped himself. Because otherwise... He wouldn't know that his jacket was thrown in out by his wife until it had been too late to retrieve it. So that's the pattern. When you help others, you help yourself. There's another story. A week before uh, a wedding of, uh, of a Hatan, he was riding on the bus in Eretz Israel, And in the seat in front of him, there was another Hatan, another groom, talking to the person sitting next to him. And they were speaking a bit uh, a bit loud so that the Khatan who was sitting behind was hearing the conversation. And the one in front was telling his friend, yeah, I'm getting married soon and uh, I want to go to uh, the tzaddik, a certain tzaddik, to get a beracha before my, before my wedding. But I've tried, I've tried, I've placed phone calls and I can't get an appointment. I want a bracha from this tzaddik. I can't get an appointment. So now the Khatan in the back sitting behind is hearing this conversation and he tapped him on the shoulder and he said, listen, I apologize for overhearing, but you were speaking loudly and I overheard your conversation and uh, that you want to meet with a certain tzaddik and get a bracha. Well, my uncle is actually the tzaddik's son-in-law and I can ask him to get you an appointment, to set up an appointment for you. You can still meet with the tzaddik this week before your marriage. Wow, the Khatan was so thankful and all of a sudden, they started engaging in a conversation. It was a long bus ride. And they were both speaking about their upcoming weddings. Turns out that they were getting married on the same night. But as the conversation continued, not only were they getting married on the same night, but they were getting married in the same hall on the same night. Because that's weird. The guy in the back saying, I didn't know there were two halls in so-and-so place. I had no idea. So when the Khatan who sat behind came home, he went and he told his father the story. He goes, yeah, you're not going to believe it. I met a guy who was looking to have a, a bracha from the tzaddik and I told him my uncle is the son-in-law. Turns out we're getting married the same night in the same hall. And the father says, well, that's weird because when we went to go see the hall, there wasn't two halls. There was there was only one ulam. There's one, one banquet hall there. Uh, how does this work? How can there be another wedding in the same day, same building? So the, the father calls up the banquet hall to, to see what's going on. And the banquet hall tells him, 
Well, you never put down a, a down payment. You never paid us a down payment. So we booked the hall for somebody else. And it was a week before their wedding and they had already sent out invitations and now they found out that they don't have a hall to get married in. And some uh, people pulled some strings, some Askanim got involved and they arranged for the Khatuna, the wedding, to get to take place in the auditorium two, we- two streets away from that hall. But the moral of the story, again, the same theme, is that Khatan realized that he gained immensely by doing chesed. He agreed to help the Khatan get a bracha, the Khatan in front of him, get a bracha from the tzaddik. And in reward, he had a hall to get married to. Can you imagine what would have happened if he didn't engage in that conversation? They would have arrived at the hall, and the hall is taken by somebody else. Hey, you don't belong here. Get out. What are you doing over here interrupting our wedding? But the fact that he took the initiative to start the chesed, to help out his friend, that act of kindness, that charitable act, now, got him at least a place to get married. Chachamim tell us in Masechet Ba Batra that just as the amount of parnasa one will earn during the year is destined on Rosh Hashanah, so is the amount of money that a person will lose during the year that is also destined on Rosh Hashanah. If he has zechuyot, if he has merits, then he will give that money to the poor people. I mean, the money that you're destined to lose, if you have zechuyot, you will give it to the poor people. And if he isn't zocheh, if you're not zocheh to the mitzvah of tzedakah, he'll give the money to the government. He'll give the money, I mean, you'll, you'll lose the money in a different way. And the Gemara tells us that on Motzei Yom Kippur, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai returned from Bet Knesset, and he went to sleep that night. And he had a dream that his nephew will lose 700 dinars that year, a pretty large amount. And Rabbi Yochanan, after seeing this dream, came to his nephew several times throughout the year, asking him for tzedakah, asking him for tzedakah. Please, I need more money for tzedakah, I need more money for tzedakah. His nephew ended, giving, ended, ended up giving him 683 dinars to tzedakah. And on Erev Yom Kippur the following year, tax collectors came to his nephew. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, the nephew was scared, he was shaking, oh my God, you know, the, the IRS and, uh, and uh, the Cabinet uh, Revenue, CRA is coming to, to collect money. What's going on here? And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai says, don't worry, don't worry, my son. I promise you they're not going to take away more than 17 dinars. And the, the, the nephew says, how, how do you know? How do you know 17 dinars? He goes, I had a dream. And he told him the, in the dream that the nephew was going to lose seven, 700 dinars that year. And that's why I tried so much to get you to give tzedakah to, uh, so that you don't lose all of it to the government. So the nephew asked him, Kvodarav, dear uncle, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, why didn't you tell me? I would have just given the entire 700 to tzedakah, period. You would have told me from the beginning. So the Rabbi Yochanan B'Zakai says, I wanted you to give the tzedakah lishma. I wanted to give it, you to give it with your heart. And I came to ask you, you gave. And I came to ask you again, and you gave, because you wanted to give. If I would have told you that you're giving because otherwise the government is going to take it away from you, then it's not, uh, not lishma. One last story. They say of... Uh, there was a general Baal Tzedakah 
who owned uh, a lot of s- s- chain stores in Eretz Israel, in the tax, uh, again, the CRA or whatever it is, the tax authority in Israel, audited his business and found that one store of the many chains uh, didn't report one transaction. And this made them very suspect and uh, that more sales weren't being reported and they fined the company a half million shekel. Unbelievable amount. Half a million shekelim. And the accountant wrote to the uh, tax authority that a fine like that is going to put you out of business. You know what half a million shekelim is? You don't have the money to keep up. You don't have the cash to, to, to protect yourself from that. Uh, and upset that you know, the, 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 the penalty wasn't taken right away, the tax uh, authority replied and says, we will check the books from the last seven years and we're going to see all the cheating that this store has done in the past. There's probably even a bigger fine that we can get. You know, these guys, when they start, they don't, they don't give up. A month later, the agents came to the accountant to finalize their findings, but he didn't want to speak to them. I will only speak with the people you work for. And after negotiating the matter for over several months, it was decided that the company had to pay 150,000 shekel instead of the 500,000. 150,000 shekel. On Purim, this chain store owner gave 100,000 shekel to Tzedakah. Pretty large donation. 100,000 shekel to Tzedakah. And the next day arrived the tax authority letter in his mailbox saying that his fine is now due for only 50,000 shekel. Somehow, 100,000 shekelim was wiped off. He saw clearly that the money that went to Tzedakah saved him from the other expenses. It's either you're going to give it to the poor, you're going to be zocheh to give it to the poor, to have that merit, or you're not zocheh, and you're going to give it to the government. That's what the Gemara is trying to say. Rabotai, we began the shiur by saying, Re'em, See, I give you today a beracha and a kelala. The beracha and kelala surround us in all parts of our lives, like I mentioned in the beginning. When it comes to our money, that is probably the most clear. If a person is zocheh to give, if a person makes it a part of him to give to the poor, then his whole life becomes one of tzedakah. He becomes one of beracha, of blessing. He looks around him, everything is blessed around him. Because I know, not only am I helping the poor person, but like we said, me all the more so, from the lokeh, the person who is giving benefits more than the person who is taking. But if God forbid, a person chooses not to, if God forbid, a person chooses to withhold, to refrain from not acting in a charitable manner, then I guarantee you, it's unfortunate, I guarantee you, but there will be no beracha in his life. He will look around, he will see, 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 he will be wealthy, but he'll be the poorest man on earth. He will look around him, he will live in a 6,000 square foot home, but he's living miserably. He's, he, he, it's a life of curse. And not, nothing is flourishing, nothing is growing. He's always sad, he's always in a state of sorrow. Everything that they go, nothing is happy, nothing is, is, is pushing him to continue because he chooses to refrain. He chooses to not give the berachah to others. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not going to give the berachah in return. We have a choice. We have a choice in every act that we do. Are we going to choose 
the choice that will lead us to Berachah, or God forbid, the, ch- the choice that will lead us to the Kelala. And again, it's not a physical Kelala. It's not one that God, you know, a person will, will be filled with sickness, or God forbid, things that are worse that are mentioned later on in this in this uh, book of Devarim. It's not that type. It's a, it, it's a Kelala where you look around, where you think you, you got everything, but really you don't. Those That is the worst state, the worst a person can be. But when a person is giving, a person surrounds his life with charitable acts of kindness and 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 ma'asim tovim and chesed. Then we see Yeshuot. Then we see Akados Baruch Hu bring salvation, bring salvation to not your own personal life only, but as well to your family and to all of Klal Israel. This is what we have to remember every single time a person comes and asks for money. Every time we have opportunities to give and support organizations, charitable organizations, synagogues, schools, kolalim. There are so many people that need food, uh, people that struggle, people are looking for a job. And of course, free loans. The, the idea of giving a loan uh, and, and, and not charging interest. What a great mitzvah this is. And how many times it's mentioned in the Torah. Four times in the Torah, the mitzvah of giving a free loan. Brother, one of the greatest acts of tzedakah a person can give. When we do that, everything around you will turn into blessing. Your whole life will be a blessing. I'm giving it today. Every day you will see... Uh, that's what we should be zochet to. It's the mindset that counts. It's changing our mindset to be more charitable, more giving. And Bezrat Hashem will be zochet to Yeshuot and Nechamot and Beracha and Hatzlacha. Bechol Maase Yadenu. Amen. Have a wonderful night, everybody.